0: Now. So that means that if you ask any questions or anything like that, then it will, uh, it will be recorded. Your name will be recorded forever. <laughs> so, can you write down a couple of sen- sentences or a couple of words? Sorry, not sentences. The primary cause of anxiety in your life. Go, 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 go. Okay, so let's explore a couple of these ones. Uh, Amber said, when being misunderstood. Okay, interesting. Ali said, weak faith instability, the wrong outcome, the death of a loved one. Um, Change or anything new, that's interesting. Being misunderstood uh, due to unclear communication, right Amber? Uh, Being late and confused over why I'm being treated in a certain way, being late, like going somewhere, being late, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That can make people really anxious and very frustrated. Excuse me, coughing all over the place. Uncertainty about what's happening in the world and why and what it will mean for loved ones. That is very challenging indeed. Unrootedness, Sumay, that's very interesting. Not knowing enough, inaccurate perception, heedlessness, insecurity, not knowing the outcome. Uh, If something in the outer front looks negative or bad. So if something looks like it's, it's not going the way that you want it to, my mind is the cause. That's right. I'm in a disquiet with current issues, having no purpose. Wow okay so what uh and trauma as well huda thank you for sharing that um so i asked that big question i got some big answers didn't i goodness me um let's start to explore these then in a little bit more detail so first of all um this is a verse from the holy quran more and more people are joining i'll keep adding them in so if you can have a read through this verse of the holy quran very quickly and you will notice that uh this was the one of the verses that uh, sheikh muhammad recited today uh, at the beginning of the session because uh, we chose this one the verse says in the translation of course of the english verse which is sort of number 70 ayah 19 to 22 you can look that up if you like if you want to read it from your own copy truly mankind was created anxious okay when evil befalls him he is fretful okay when good befalls him he is begrudging now the commentary upon that says that when something good comes to that person usually in the form of wealth or money or some kind of boon some kind of um, increase in, in in wealth then he is begrud- he begrudgingly gives it away he tries to hold on to it and keep it to himself save for those who perform the prayer and who are constant in their prayers and in whose wealth is an acknowledged due for the beggar and the deprived so one who perceives or understands that their that their wealth is not only for them but there is something in that wealth which they they are required to give away Um, often interpreted as the zakah but then also moving into sadaka and charity and, and generosity with one's wealth but the most important sentence for our purposes in that verse is the first one truly man was created anxious therefore the experience of anxiety as regards the future, as regards what is going to happen. And a number of you mentioned that there, okay? Because usually anxiety is forward-looking, okay? If you look towards the past, you have a sense of resentment or a sense of guilt about the past. But usually anxiety is directed towards the future. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. I'm not sure if the outcome, I think Sufiane said that, I'm not sure if the outcome is going to be the way that I want it to be. And in reality, um, the nature of our existence, um, creates anxiety, right? It's, it's, it's anxious, it's, it's anxiety-inducing to be alive as a human being, depending upon what we see in the world around us. So everything is going to be dictated by the way that we perceive our experiences, the way that we perceive the world around us, how we understand the events that are unfolding before us. Excuse me, I do apologize. It's one of the consequences of talking too much, I think. Now, when you consider the universe as this enormous, almighty, massive Um, gargantuan entity that you walk out into every day as this futile little pathetic little person with you know two arms and two legs and two eyes and we can be knocked down by a car we can be we can be hit by viruses Allah protect us we can be um, so many things could go wrong in your life (laughs) this is a positive start isn't it so many things can go wrong in our life day to day that anxiety is completely natural Right. It's com- it's absolutely possible that things could happen that would render us, you know, uh, obliterated. And so therefore we then go out into the world, this small and tiny little person attempting to get as much as possible from the universe. And therefore, as a result, it's really scary Because what can we do? What kind of influence do we have over our environment? What kind of things can we acquire and achieve? Because every time we try to do something, we mess it up, we make mistakes. We're not able to secure things for ourselves. Things don't turn out the way that we want them to. At every step, there seems to be people blocking us and obstructing us and not understanding what we're trying to say or not understanding what we're trying to do. So in fact, anxiety is quite natural, isn't it? Depending upon the way that we we perceive the universe. Because if we see the universe through that prism, And through that perspective, which is that my responsibility is to get some things from the world around me. I want the universe to look like X. And as a result, if the universe is not looking like it's going to look like X, then of course the response to that is going to be some sense of anxiety, some sense of inner pain, some sense of fear, some sense of concern, which renders me, um, there's a deeply uncomfortable experience and can develop to such an extent that it renders me incapable of functioning appropriately in the universe. Now I want to share something else that I that I came across. I want to just have a quick read of that while I cough again. So this is is written by uh Mahmajuq Biktal. Piktal? 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 Tell me how to pronounce it. I'm not sure. Okay, he was obviously one of the very famous translators of the Holy Quran. Okay and i'll read it to you it says when i read when i read the arabian nights i see the daily life of damascus jerusalem aleppo cairo and the other cities as i found them in the early 90s of the last century which was the 19th century so 1890 he visited those cities towards the end of the ottoman empire what struck me even in their decay and poverty was the joyousness of that life compared to anything i had experienced in europe the people seemed quite independent of our cares of life our anxious clutching after wealth and our fear of death now we must understand that uh, Marmaduke that I'm struggling with the pronunciation. Marmaduke Piktal, I'm going to say, uh, embraced Islam, became a Muslim, but obviously at the same time had a had a bit of an Orientalist interpretation of the world. The way that he saw things was that you know, um, even in their decay and poverty at that stage, I suppose that materially the Western world was probably slightly more developed than than those cities. But what he, what strikes him as a Westerner visiting the, these cities is the people. Uh, had this joyousness of life in a way that people in europe didn't have at that stage there was something about the inner life of the muslim world which i have found myself um, to be absolutely true there is something about the inner life of the muslim world the inner life of the muslim community which makes it far more joyous or far more serene or peaceful than um, those who see the world perhaps inaccurately and the last two lines there are really, really important. The people seemed quite independent of our cares of life, our anxious clutching after wealth, anxious clutching. So here, Mr. pickthal connects the idea of anxiety with clutching, clinging, grabbing, grasping, attempting to have, as we've said in the past, a really firm grip on the outcome of any particular event, Okay, which is that I need things to be like this. And if they are not like this, then it's going to cause me all sorts of problems. And because I have that firm grip on, in this case, wealth, Mr. Pictou talks about wealth, but it could also be anything else, any particular outcome, I have a firm grip on it. And if I'm not prepared to release that grip, if I'm not prepared to entertain outcomes which are other than that, which I consider to be optimal, then I begin to experience this inner pain, this inner discomfort, which is anxiety. But I think that there is a, there's a tremendous pride in that, which is that the Muslim, the Muslim, the believer, the one who sees things accurately, is not shaken internally when things begin to go wrong. When things begin to go wrong, inverted commas, when things begin to get difficult, because there's this sense and understanding, this perception that the universe is functioning and operating in the way that it ought to, in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created it in order to bring out the very best in us. We're going to discuss that in a little bit. Now, have a look at this next slide, please. And so this is, where, this is where anxiety begins to appear. There's you in the little blue writing there. And then you form some kind of desire. And we've spoken about this before. We've spoken about the direction that we want to head in our lives. And I think that Ali mentioned there um, the idea of not having a purpose or not having a goal or not having an objective. And this is very important. Don't ever get me wrong. Every We should have goals. We should have desires. We should have objectives that we want to achieve in our lives. We have to have a direction that we're moving in. Otherwise we become kind of footloose and fancy free and we don't go anywhere. We don't, we don't progress. We don't become all that we could possibly be. So the desire is not the problem. It's not the desire that causes the anxiety. Do you see where the red anxiety arrow comes in is when the relationship between the desire and the need for the outcome. And this is where we enter into the remedy for anxiety is the transformation of the way that we perceive the outcome. Now, if we understand and we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of all affairs and that he creates in order to bring the best out of us, he places us in situations which are inherently good for us. That doesn't mean that they are comfortable. That doesn't mean that they're nice. Doesn't mean that it's enjoyable doesn't mean that it's what you wanted in the first place, but that which he brings into existence as the creator, as the all merciful, as ar-Rahman, ar rahim al-Wudud, the one who loves you more than you love yourself. Every outcome that he creates is created in order to bring out the best in you. You understand? So therefore he places you in situations which may not be comfortable, might not be easy, might not be nice, might not be supportive and friendly. But by goodness they are created in order to bring the very best out of you to find things inside of yourself that you hadn't previously understood i want to go on to the next slide and then come back to this one again in a minute now i want you to consider these boxes you okay and obviously you have multiple different characteristics and multiple different um, character traits in you and obviously there could be a million boxes there to to describe who you are and how you are but let's say at the moment, if you were to describe yourself, you would say, I'm a very compassionate person. And also, I'm very generous, okay? So those two boxes inside of you, those two potentialities which dwell inside of you have been activated, as it were. How is that? Why is that? Why is it that your compassion has been activated? Why is it that your generosity has been activated? Why is it that you perceive yourself to be a compassionate and generous person? Because you've been placed in situations in which your compassion has has come through right, that you have developed compassion because of the circumstances you've been in. Maybe you've been through some kind of hardship, and then you see somebody else going through the same hardship. And therefore, as a result, you can have that co-passios, that kind of suffering together. You can understand what they're going through, and therefore you have strengthened the inner muscle of compassion. And similarly, generosity. Maybe you have been given a sufficient amount. You know, maybe you've um, benefited from some level of wealth. Excuse me. You have been given some kind of uh, gift, some kind of blessing that you can share with other people. Maybe you're not tight fisted. Maybe it's come about because you've been you've seen the difficulties that other people have been through. And therefore you realize that you want to give of what you have in order to share with others. So two of these boxes inside of you have been illuminated. right? They've, the, the potentiality has come true, as it were, Okay, well, it has come to life, let's say. But then also inside of you are these other capacities, but you just don't know them. Okay, inside of you, you're actually very strong. You actually have the capacity to be extremely strong. And maybe if I ask some of you, you would say, no, I'm not not a very strong person. Or at the bottom there, I'm not a very patient person. Okay, but you are. The thing is that inside of you, you have the capacity to be whole. You just don't know that yet. Or you haven't been placed in a situation where it requires you to be extremely strong. Do you understand what I'm saying, so therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the future creates so that you can get a full green set. Like, uh, like if you're playing Connect Four, <laughs> you want to get a full green set, you want everything inside of you to be activated. All of that latent potentiality, that equilibrium, that beauty inside of you will be awakened will be uh, switched on let's say by means of the circumstances that you find yourself in so let's say you are called into a situation where you're required to be strong where you have to stand up for yourself or you have to tell your boss that you're not going to do that overtime because you're taking advantage of me so therefore you begin to say actually you know what i'm quite strong i didn't know that okay and then you're placed in a situation where things are not changing around you and you don't you don't have any option but to be patient. And after a while, you begin to adjust the way that you perceive the world so that you develop that sense of patience. So now more lights come on. So do we begin to understand? The purpose of me showing you this idea is that the very nature of existence is such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the future will continue to create situations so that you can become whole, so that you can get your full set of green lights, so that you can become that which you were created to be. By means of the circumstances and situations that you are in so if we go back up here and we look at the outcome now from a theological perspective when we begin to see the world through the, the the prism of belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't it be rather foolish for us to say that i want what i want to come true even if it conflicts with that which you know ya rab or oh allah the omniscient, the all-powerful, the, the 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 creator of all things, he who knows you better than you know yourself and knows what you need more than you know what you need, would it be wise for us to say, oh Allah, this is what should happen? That's not wise, okay? From a position of accurate perspec- uh, perspective, what we then say is, oh Allah, you know what you are going to bring to me. You are, You know what you are creating and why you are creating it. So therefore, my anxiety about the future is based upon whether or not I get what I want from this situation. You understand me? So the way that we begin to terminate anxiety, the way that we begin to take the teeth out of anxiety is by means of these two phrases here. And then we'll talk about some other advice in a minute. How do we go about removing the teeth from the anxiety? The first one is something that we find in the Holy Quran and also in the dhikr that we're going to read in a bit, which is hasbunallahun wakil. Now, I am not telling you that by saying these words, just by saying these words, things are going to change. However, Allahu alam. The Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, told us that this expression and the expression "la illa which you see underneath, are both uh, medicine. You understand they are remedies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cures people by means of these expressions now what does that mean does that mean that if you say them your circumstances will change Allahu alim, I don't know but what I do know that it means is if you begin to see the world through the prism of Allah, wakil, Allah is sufficient for me and he is the best of guardians what does that mean it means that his will is sufficient for me that which he creates in this moment that which he creates in the future will be created in order to give me the opportunity to switch on all my green lights to be become whole he is creating me for that purpose my purpose is not to acquire my purpose is not to win my purpose is not to build my purpose is not to to get as much as i can out of this universe but rather my purpose is to become whole and part of the process of becoming whole is aiming towards something and working towards it, but Allah knows and we do not know. So therefore, when he creates a situation tomorrow at your workplace, which is really challenging and frustrating, he is, cha- he is challenging you. He is developing the muscles inside of you so that you can explore and discover the latent potentialities that dwell inside of yourself, that you don't even know that they exist at this moment in time. And so when we begin to feel anxious, when we begin to feel overwhelmed, and begin to be concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow, we say, (laughs) Allah is sufficient for me, his will is sufficient for me, and he is protecting me at every single moment. And that means, as we've heard before, I think sometimes a rejection is protection. Sometimes things not turning out the way that you wanted them to gives you an immense gift, opens up doors for you which you had never ever understood previously. Allah says, those who trust in me, I will open up, I will provide them with a way out that they had never never even conceptualized before, never even understood, existed. And I know that many of you have had that experience, that in the moments where you thought, I don't know what I'm going to do next, I don't know what's going to happen next, I don't know how I can control this situation. And then a person, and then a person says, sorry, I got a message there, I apologize. Uh, and then a per- I forgot what I said now, no. Allahumma sallallahu ala Sayyidina let me move on to the next one okay now what does this mean when we when we see the universe through the prism of it means there's no power there's no strength in the universe except in allah except by allah meaning what meaning that everything that exists in your life comes from him in the universe around you there is no creative force whatsoever other than him the creator Subhanahu wa Taala. which means that what is there to be scared of that means that you are going out into the divine embrace and in the universe around you, he is the director, he is the creator, he is the um the in what's the what's the one that does the the orchestra, the conductor. Okay, he is conducting events around you step by step, moment by moment, second by second. So therefore, la hawla wa la illa billah, there is no power, there is nothing in the entire universe that can touch me or affect me other than him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so now how do we understand anxiety in that case? How do we understand anxiety? anxiety is a product of inaccurate perception it means that we're perceiving the situation inaccurately but we should not be surprised by that because we all experience inaccurate perception we all see the universe inaccurately the only people who see the universe truly accurately as it really is are the prophets and the awliya of allah and what does allah say about the awliya in the holy quran the friends of allah those who are saintly those who are whole those who are holy They have no fear, nor do they grieve. They're not afraid of anything. They have no anxiety. They're free of anxiety. They're liberated of anxiety. Okay, because what what they see in the future is only the divine will. Now, are we going to reach that stage? No. Does it mean that you are weak if you experience anxiety? Absolutely not. It means the opposite. It means that you're human. It means that you exist like we all do. We face this anxiety every day and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has vindicated that in the Quran by saying mankind was created anxious. But what are we going to do about that? Okay, we're going to begin to transform the way that we perceive the situation, the way that we perceive experience, so that we witness him above all else. And we realize that everything that happens in our life, sorry, nothing that happens in our life is arbitrary. Nothing happens by accident. Nothing happened by chance. Nothing has gone wrong. Okay, Nothing is, is disordered or, 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 or random. Instead, every moment is created so that you can switch all of your lights on so that you can find the excellence inside of yourself, so that you can find the the latent potentiality that dwells inside of you, okay? And two of the ways that we can do that, when you begin to feel anxious, as Allah says in the Quran, in the verse that we spoke about at the very beginning, it states that you turn to prayer. The prayer, the ritual prayer is very, very important. And these two uh, statements of dhikr, these two, two statements of remembrance, hasbun Allah and la hawla wa la quwata illa billah, these are two very, very powerful tools for you to be able to um, overcome fear and anxiety about the future. But you must also, oh, there's a couple of other things I wanted to share here. These are very practical. Okay, first of all, you need to maintain your spiritual practices, which means the salah, first of all, Okay, and then after that, the daily litany. And then after that, the muraqaba, the meditative practice, if you've incorporated that into your practice. And finally, the the bottom one work out. Okay, you need to, one of the best remedies for anxiety is most likely when you're overcome, when you feel really anxious, the last thing that you're going to want to do is either eat or um, work out. Sometimes if you're feeling sick, if you're feeling an experience of sickness inside of yourself, you don't want to do those things. And now that's where some level of discipline has to come into it. If you can work out, even though you don't feel like it, let me know if you agree with that, ladies and gents. Sometimes you don't feel good inside, but you go and work out, your body starts, your mind is silenced because you're starting to feel tired. The thoughts that are causing you that anxiety begin to dissipate and you just feel better. Okay, you start to feel better, and it is a remedy, something that that takes once again the teeth out of the anxiety, so that your spiritual practice can can be can empower you to be able to overcome those negative thoughts and that 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 way of looking at the universe which frightens and concerns you. Okay, and another one which is purely scientific, which is eat a eat a hearty breakfast. Um, many people who suffer from anxiety suffer from it first thing in the morning in particular. Okay, well, after when you, after when you wake up. And in periods of my life when I've been feeling very anxi- anxiety, when I've been feeling very anxious, first thing in the morning can be very challenging, right? So what do you need to do in that case? You need to make sure you eat, even if you don't feel like eating. You have to put some food into your body. Why? Because it brings up your blood sugar level and begins to 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 help your body to overcome some of these negative reactions. But the most important thing that we can do in order to begin to overcome um, anxiety is to recognize the following things. And this is the summation. This is the summary at the end of the reflection. One, it is perfectly natural and normal to feel anxious. Okay. It can be very, very difficult when that anxiety becomes something which is, you know, uh, chronic and constant. And that's, that's when you need to seek out help and support, um personalized help and support whether, whether from a counselor a therapist or a medical professional when it begins to become when it re- begins to really destroy your life okay that's very important and there's nothing to be ashamed of about being anxious it doesn't mean that you're not a good person it doesn't mean that you're not religious it doesn't mean any of those things what it means is that you're struggling with the way that you're perceiving the situation and we need help all of us do the second thing that we need to realize is that in order for us to change the the power of the anxiety, we're going to transform the way that we perceive the world around us, which is to realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates situations so that we can grow and so that, he will be, he will create circumstances that will switch on the lights inside of us to identify or to awaken the latent potential that is inside of us. And that his concern for us is so complete and so perfect that he is always our protector. He is always our support. He is always helping us. Even if he places us in situations which are uncomfortable, he will always support us and aid us to become everything that we can be by means of those challenging times, by means of those challenging situations. Therefore, when we look at it from that perspective, we don't we we loosen our grip on our own desires our own outcomes it has to be like this and realize that it should be the way that he wants it to be and therefore when we place tawakkul when we have tawakkul when we trust in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we trust in him and say that whatever he brings out of this situation will be in my interests and the interests of the entire universe that's when we begin to weaken the power that this anxiety has over us and we can do that by means of the vicar, la حول ولا قوة إلا بالله and حسب الله وين يبقى الوكيل. I hope that's beneficial. Inna Allahu wa malaikatahu yussallun 'ala Nabi ya ayyu wa laddina aamanussallu 'alayhi bissallim taslima. Allahumma salli wa salli mubarak 'ala sayedina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika nabiya ummi wa ila alihi wa sakhmihi wa sallimajma'in. Subhan Rabbika Rabbi laizat yama yasifun wa salamun ala mu'slimin walhamdulillahi robbil Okay, so give me a moment. And then we will start our recitation, inshallah.